touch it, ring it, pay it, watch it, turn it, leave it, stop, format it, buy it, use it, break it, Hello and welcome to Soldier It's Podcast, episode number 73. I'm Schmitty. Stark! <laughs> and I am Zoner. And I am Zook. Uh, we, ha- once again, have a full house. Woohoo! We're Yay. back to a full panel. We have no dead people. We have a walker in Stark. <laughs> uh, he's more of a limper, so. <laughs> I'm more of still recovering from Vegas. <laughs> And what happens in Vegas does not necessarily stay in Vegas, as you will soon find out. Thank you, Thank Facebook. Nemechek. <laughs> end up on his blog. Don't ruin it. Don't ruin it. All right, all right. All right. Okay, well, first off, we want to give a shout-out to our sponsors. Uh, special thanks to our friends at trekradio.net, kryptonradio.com, stitcher.com, and openbookaudio.com. Um, also, shout out to our friends at GoToMeeting.com. Again, during the summer, everyone's schedules are all over the place. No one wants to be in the office. You have vacation time to take with your family. You're going to go. But work still needs to get done. Trying to get everyone's schedules in sync can almost be impossible. GoToMeeting with HD Faces by Citrix completely helps solve all that. This way, with a laptop and a webcam, or even an iPad with its front-facing camera, you can start go to meeting from anywhere or join a meeting already in progress just go to visit gotomeeting.com click on the try it free button and enter the code podcast this way you can try it free for 30 days just make sure to use the promo code podcast so yay cool. here yeah. we go oh um I, I haven't actually told the rest of the guys this, so uh, you guys are hearing this at about the same time as the listeners are well Zoner knows we I know we have actually been invited to join the International Association Internet Broadcasters. International Association of Internet Broadcasters. That's a mouthful. Actually, it, you did tell me. <laughs> well, that's what I get for being out of town. So. <laughs> yeah, I don't share this information with zombies. <laughs> I, I'm rather, I'm biased. I, I'm, um, what would you call that? I'm zombiest? No. Uh, no, they're not zombies, they're just living challenged. Deadheads. <laughs> <laughs> trying to find some sort of racial slur against zombies. It's not really it's easy, zombie, actually. Zombie prejudice. I am. I'm prejudiced against zombies. Why do you hate the undead? Because I just feel the, un, I, the unending need to just shoot them in the head. Yeah, well, you know, that, that kind of goes with the territory. That's natural. So That's this invitation that. that we got, what, is, what does it entail? Well, uh, evidently, it is an association of international internet broadcasters. <laughs> uh, I didn't really think that out very well before I started uh, explaining. It's a whole bunch of other uh, internet broadcasters, podcasters, I mean, let's call it what it is, it's podcasting, uh, and vidcasters as well. Um, who create it. As best I can tell, it'd be like a union. So we're going to get better okay. working hours? <laughs> going to get paid? <laughs> Not That's on my watch. Why... <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it did bring up an interesting question, uh, which we've been, we, we posted to our Facebook page. Listeners, we, listen up. We want your feedback on this. Uh, is it time for Stolen Droids to move to a vidcast? Now, um, want to see us? 
do you really want to put up with looking at our mugs? It, we would release an audio as well. So you, you'd still have the audio recording, but there would also be a video recording if you wanted to see that instead. So there's a poll up on our Facebook page. We'll put a link to it in the show notes as well. But uh, we do want y- your feedback on that. That way, you know, when, when Stark really is a zombie, you can check that out. You can watch us arrow his brain. Arrowed! Uh, we well, it, hmm? my my concern, though, you know, and I, I'm all for if people want to, if people really want to look at me, you know, I'm all for doing a little, nice little webcam show for you, but do y'all really want to look at me and... Zon, or you'll have to wear pants this time. That's what I was just going to say. I'm going to have to get dressed. Just imagine you, like, doing Uhura's fan dance or something. (laughs) (laughs) This is Shatner's idea of sexy? (laughs) She looked at me. That's sexy. Um, We have feedback. Ooh, more? Mm -hmm. Wow, this is like a month in a row. I know. I love this. People actually are out there, and they listen to us. Uh, this one comes from Mike. He's talking about last week's talking point, where we were talking about uh, the cloud. Um, hey, guys, I've not yet become a huge fan of the cloud or the idea of storing my personal files online. The only files that I upload are are ones that I am sharing with others, usually family pictures and videos via Facebook or email. Right now, the thought of losing files online that I may not get back so easily just downright scares me. Regards, Mike. Now, he puts this a really interesting way that we hadn't considered. Last week, we talked about, uh, you know, Schmitty. Schmitty, you had talked about how you have all your stuff stored on the cloud, right? Because if you're going to lose them, you're going to lose the hard copies. That way, if they're on the cloud, they're secured, right? Right. He puts it out the other way. He doesn't want to lose them on the cloud, which technically might be inaccurate, but I think it would be safer to say that maybe he doesn't want to lose control of them. Well, when I was listening to last week's podcast and I was listening to this talking point, one of the things I thought about is how we've learned about stuff from history from the records of of the people who've gone before. And I'm wondering when all of a sudden everything moves to the cloud, are suddenly people going to think, oh, their civilization must have ended at this time because that's when we lost all... That's when the records stopped and nothing else is after that. You know, I think that's a really... I, I don't have an answer for that. That's a really interesting take on it, though. I mean, we have the hubris to think that our civilization will never end. Mm-hmm. Well, not in my lifetime. <laughs> <laughs> that's what matters, what, right? What what month is it in 2012? <laughs> <laughs> Records show that he was particularly fond of purple cows on this farm of his, but he kept losing control of them. <laughs> That would be awesome. Yeah, what are they going to think, like, in a hundred years, they uncover, like, some hard drive, and it's like, you're, it's like you yelling at all your friends because, or it's it's transcripts of you yelling at your friends because they let your crops die. <laughs> all the political fights have been going on Facebook. <laughs> Records, the, the, the holy texts show that our that our forefathers really liked Friday, Friday, <laughs> one day after Thursday, <laughs> two days before Sunday. Wow. <laughs> wow. Pa- all hail engineering. Power to the engines. Yeah. 
I don't know, Mike. I, I, I see what you're saying is I'd be scared to death of losing control of them as well, which is where my... And, and if I'm putting words in your mouth, uh, I apologize, but that's kind of how I read your concern there, uh, and that is what I'm scared of, too. I don't want to lose control of what I view as mine. And that's another reason why I still have my DVDs and my, my discs of certain programs. I call them my offline versions. Mm-hmm. See, and I, I think it's time that we actually start to redefine what it means to have a network or what the cloud is, because now that everyone's so integrated and so connected, the idea of a wide area network or a local area network or a cloud or you know a Dropbox, it's all becoming so blurred. I would almost say that it's time to reintroduce the idea of the personal network the personal area network where it's just you but you can access it in different places or anywhere you go and you can share certain bits of it out but it's still personal it's still yours hmm that'd be an interesting concept to explore yes it would unfortunately it'll never happen because it doesn't sell real well oh I'm pretty sure if we could monetize it we could get somebody banging it on our door you get right on that Spitty Sure. <laughs> You'll have it by next week. <laughs> Should make like a, a GeoCity site has a gif of a dog wagging its tail. <laughs> <laughs> Just put all your files here, wink wink. <laughs> You've got files. You've got files. Now I have your files. <laughs> and I'll love them forever and ever. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks for the question, Mike. We do appreciate it. Again, uh, if you want to write us a uh, Obviously, we have no problems putting your questions on the air. Uh, feedback at StolenDroids.com, or you can use the uh, feedback form at StolenDroids.com. And conversely, if you want to write us something and tell us that we're idiots, you know, feel free. It's all good. We'll read it still. Um, <laughs> uh, again, we have a, a, a we have a phone number as well, which I have once again forgotten. <laughs> <laughs> It's 801. Something, something, something. something. (laughs) It is not that. I thought it was an 801 number. (laughs) That's my own personal Google number. I'm not going to give you that. I hope you understand. (laughs) It's 801-917-GEEK. That's 801-917-4335. All right. Well, straight into actual headlines, finally. We love the feedback. It actually gives us like 10 minutes of padding to figure out what the crap we're doing for the rest of the show. <laughs> we just oh, make it that. up as we go along. So oh! Feedback show. Um, One day we'll have enough feedback that we'll just have a feedback show. You know, we actually would like that. If anyone out there listening would like to just send us random questions, we're fine with that. We'll stockpile them. Um, okay, uh, into our first headline. Now, we had actually talked about this when it first happened, but you'll remember that a little while ago, Google purchased Motorola Mobility. Mm-hmm. And we were trying to figure out why, and we came to the, underst- the conclusion that they did it just for the patents. We weren't wrong, as it turns out. They were just doing it for the patents. And now that they have the patents, they don't know what to do with the rest of Motorola Mobility. Don't. Like, <laughs> at all. They're talking about having to let go of all the people that are there. They're looking at possibly taking a massive loss because if all they were interested in was the patents well technically the patents 
don't have any asset value to them. So they're looking to lose four times as much money as they spent on this. Wow. Well, wasn't AT&T trying to buy something a year ago? AT&T was, but it, then AT&T tried to do that takeover of T-Mobile, and they lost everything in the process, and they're not looking... I mean, they had to drop that campaign to buy patents as well pretty fast. Hmm. Um, maybe maybe RIM wants to buy something. <laughs> maybe they want to buy RIM. <laughs> I wouldn't, but... Um, it, it, they might. I mean, in the next headline we have, Google is buying Fromers. Now, if you don't know what is Fromers... Is it like a dessert topic? Okay, because I was just going to ask what Fromers is. If you don't know what Fromers is, I don't blame you. It's a travel guide. It's a travel guide that I thought was fictitious. Because uh, it's brought up in the movie Eurotrip all the time. I thought it was a joke. Hmm. No, it turns out it's an actual travel guide agency. They they travel around and they make these travel guides for people. Oh, they actually have pictures of books. Yeah, because Google has nothing better to do with its money, I guess, they are buying Fromers. This way, they can have their own trip guides it, within Google. So are they going to, like, merge it with the Google Maps? Maybe. That would, make that would be clever. That, that yeah. would actually make a lot of sense. Or maybe with and, the Google reviews. Yeah, because didn't they buy? Didn't they buy Yelp? They did. Uh, I thought know. they wanted to buy Yelp, but they couldn't. No, I I was just reading an article about the the Yahoo CEO about how since she couldn't buy Yelp, Yelp over at Google, maybe because they went IPO, maybe she was going to try to buy it from over at Yahoo. No, they bought Zagat's. Zagat. Oh, you're right. You're right. It that's, was. That's that's what it was. But I mean that. That kind of makes sense, you know. You get these travel guides, and you've got the restaurant reviews, and you know, I, I can see that. That that's not completely um, stupid to me. I'm pretty sure the <laughs> French will be suing them soon. It does make me wonder, though, because I mean, back in the day, Google was an aggregator of information, and now they are the owners of said information. Yeah, the circle is now complete. I, I don't know why. I, I don't feel really okay with this. It feels like a fundamental shift. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> that, can some, can someone hit uh, Stark's iron lung? It's acting up again. <laughs> Ow! <laughs> I mean, uh, Schmitty, I'm interested in your take on this because you are the biggest Google... Googleite? Googleite? Google... Google fan? Google Nader? Google file. That almost sounds kind of, that sounds kind of dirty. <laughs> it sounds like a criminal offense, actually. <laughs> it's illegal in fifteen states. <laughs> Google filia. Show me yeah, on the doll where the Google file touched you. <laughs> um you have what? to register with the government. Let them know when you move. Actually, you only have to register with Apple. Um, but <laughs> what's your take on this? Because, I mean, you've used Google as long as any of us. And the reason I... If, if the listener is un, uninitiated here, Schmitty is the biggest diehard Google fan out of anyone else we know. Diehard as in I would die for Google. He would take a bullet. <laughs> but, but, I, but this is a shift. This is a big shift. No longer are you looking things up. You are 
you're getting just what Google tells you. Yeah. Well, it's it's not a first. I mean, they they definitely have acquired things before that is uh, that have added to the quality of search results. Um, so it, it's not necessarily a, a, a first, but it is it is a shift in the type of information that they're giving you. Um, I, I'm all for it because the more information, the better. Um, I can see a lot of conflict coming out. The same every time they they acquire a company, there's always conflict with other companies that provide that type of information or service. Because when someone goes to search Google for that service or that information before that acquisition, it would take them to all these competitors' websites. But if Google just provides the information right there on the search page, then it takes away it it kind of creates a monopoly um so it appears to be a problem at first but i mean i'm all for it because if if it makes the end user experience swifter quicker more informative you know one less click i have to make to get that information i'm all for it um now but one it definitely will create an uproar in the industry well it's not just with the industry i actually see this becoming an uproar after a while with the consumers because if you think about it where does google make its money advertising advertising right well it's hard to advertise on sites you don't own technically speaking google search engine which we're all used to using is pointing you away from google sites right because you're typing in um i want a good parisian bistro right where's the best bistro in paris well, before, it would send you off to different sites that told you where that was. And now it's keeping you within the Google ecosystem, so it continually gives you their ads, so it can keep making money off you and not let you leave the garden. And in this way, I think that's why I'm kind of starting to not feel great. It's like they are becoming Apple. They are becoming the empire. You know, mm. Stark's iron lung wasn't wrong. Hey. Are, are they going to become evil, though, is the question. Or are they already evil? I don't think We've... they're deliberately, but they are starting to move into those uh, draconian tactics that you see other corporations use. Yeah, at, at what point are they going to be too big to... I think we've talked about that before, actually. One we our, have. One of our early episodes. We have. You should but go it, back to StolenDroids.com and check out our archives. But, you know, it, it's actually a very legitimate point, you know, and it's something that keeps coming up because Google kind of keeps getting bigger and bigger and uh, getting their hands into more pieces of pie and whatnot and pie. Give it a Next week up. we're going to be announcing <laughs> that Google is buying Stolen Droids. <laughs> get, get, oh. Give it Let like, us wish. Let us wish. Give it ten years, and Dan Brown will write a book about you know the secret underground Google police and all the different conspiracies that they have to stay on top of. They'll be the next Vatican. Well, for Ooh, people like Schmitty, they already kind of are. That would be kind of cool. I make my mecca twice a year. <laughs> all right, um, into oatmeal news. Uh, this one. Back to Indiegogo, but it's not because of the lawsuit from earlier. Um, the oatmeal, Matt Inman, has decided... I should say he has not decided, actually. This isn't him. He's just putting advertising. He's putting a spotlight on it. Um, Nikola Tesla... Nikola Tesla, excuse me. Um, 
arguably one of the greatest scientists of ever. Yeah, one of the greatest geeks ever. Um, his the land that his laboratory was on is now up for sale, and a private not for profit organization wants to buy it, reconstruct his tower and turn it into a national landmark and museum. Because actually there are no Nikola Tesla museums anywhere in the U.S., which is a big shame. It really is. So Matt Inman, who is a huge fan of Tesla himself, he has many, many, many comics about it, um, has put it up on Indiegogo to help raise the funds so they can buy it. Already, I want to say they were up to like 300000 when I left Do we know what the today. prices they're looking for? Overall, if they can get $1.8 million, they will get the land and the building and, and everything there. Now, the state of New York has put in that they will match any funds up to $875,000. So if privately they can raise 875000 the state of New York will kick in another 875000 which is very decent of them. Now, it should be noted that uh, that Matt Inman pointed out, hey, you know, uh, Google, you want in on this? You guys like Tesla? Hey, uh, Tesla Motors, you, you know, wouldn't that be good? You know, we, we'll take sponsors. We want... Well, the guy who runs Tesla, the CEO, who also runs SpaceX and PayPal, and, yeah, he, he's become... He's become officially involved now. Oh, cool. <laughs> nice. Elon Musk? Yep. Sweet. He's yeah. a cool guy. He is a very cool guy. But uh, it, it's going to be pretty freaking awesome if they can do this. Yes, it would be. I'm trying to see how much they've raised right now, and I don't see it. Oh, 487200 They're halfway there. <laughs> nice. They did it in a day. <laughs> well, I mean, how much money did he raise when he was going up against that idiot lawyer. I mean, I, I don't know what the final amount was, but it, it was it, it was the a stupid amount. The guy has a very loyal following and, you know, kudos to him. It's it's awesome that he's able to do that that his his uh followers are so devoted to try and help out with some of the stuff that he deems to be important. Mhm. Indeed. I wish he thought that we were important. Must only use these powers for good. My mom tells me I'm important. Does she want to well, give us four hundred thousand dollars? That's what that would be awesome. <laughs> I can go with that. <laughs> this week's ep- episode brought to you by our sponsor again, Zoner's mom. <laughs> Zoner's mom, because when you need mom fast, Zoner's mom is the way to go. <laughs> wait, wait, I'm not touching that one. That took a horrible turn. That. <laughs> Uh, that really didn't end up sounding very complimentary. No, it did not. It did not. I'm sorry, Zoner's <laughs> mom. mom. <laughs> we, wow. lost, we lost one loyal listener. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that, that, that would actually be a... Um, that's a show title right there. We lost one loyal listener. <laughs> no, sorry, Zoner's mom. Okay. Okay. Um, EA, Electronic Arts the uh, dark empire of uh, game publishing has decided to throw their weight in behind Windows Phone 7. Which is kind of surprising. Yeah. 
but they have decided that they're going to partner with Microsoft and Nokia to bring as many games as possible to Windows Phone 8. Actually, you know, come to think of it, it's not that surprising. It actually makes a lot of sense, and here's why. Um, Windows Phone 8 uses what the Windows RT kernel, right? Microsoft Surface uses the Windows RT kernel. Hmm. Windows 8 uses, if you guys can guess it... Uh, Android? Android? Yes. <laughs> the Windows RT kernel. That means that a game you buy on your phone will scale up to work on your tablet and your laptop. If EA can own a corner, if they can, you know, just carve out a chunk of the game industry meant for Windows Phone 8, they're already on the tablets and they're already on the laptop. Yeah, that... Wow. And eventually, one would think, Xbox. Yeah. So, um, And Xbox is kind of trying to do that already. I mean, you get an Xbox Live Arcade game and you can already play it on a Windows machine. Yeah. It's some of them. So, yeah. it, it'll definitely be uh, be very, very cool if they can do that. The, the idea is also, if they can push more and more games to the Windows Phone platform, maybe that'll bring other developers in too and make the platform that much more popular. All I know is I can't wait for Windows Phone 8 so I can burn my BlackBerry with uh, with fire. <laughs> we'll help you. We'll take it out to a shooting range or something. Well, yeah. Ooh, that would be awesome. I've got. I actually have some zombie killer bullets. I was saving them for Stark, but hey. <laughs> just in case, you know, you never know. It can't be too safe, um, especially since you're protected by that iron lung. I mean, you're the only armored <laughs> zombie around. <laughs> Did you but, just send me a picture of Will Wheaton with a gaming fez? Yes. That's awesome. I want that fez. That's. <laughs> I, I want that hat. It's a D twenty gaming fez. We'll put the picture in the in the show notes. That's awesome. We'll put it on our Facebook. Okay. Um, <laughs> someone else is going to have to uh, intro this next headline. I'm afraid I did not actually read it. Yeah. So I put this in there. Um, the uh, so Medal of Honor to kind of uh, uh, help with their brand they're starting to advertise for actual um, actual manufacturers on their website for military uh, what would you call it military apparel tools, weapons um, and they're, they're they're advertising in such a way um that ties in with the game. And so you make so many kills in a game and it'll tell you, oh, be sure to visit uh, Surefire to, to buy this same weapon in real life, you know? And, and so it, it, to me, it kind of screamed that uh, they were advertising the wrong way. Because people that are playing the game aren't necessarily going to be actually buying this stuff for good reasons. <laughs> well, you know, it's interesting because I I actually saw a study um, a couple years ago, but like today's youth is more uh, knowledgeable about military hardware and you know ammunition, oh yeah, guns, all that stuff than 
any generation previously because of games like this. And yeah, but there, I mean, was, they're, they're, uh, there was actually yeah, there was actually a um, an article I remember when Modern Warfare Two came out that people were going into gun shops and they wanted a specific type of gun that they were really really big fans of. The problem was is that that specific type of gun was a classified military weapon. Oh, really? Yeah, <laughs> it wasn't released to the public. No one had actually shot one. Oh, wow. They only knew about it because it was an item they were able to pick up in-game. They liked how it handled in-game, so they wanted to buy one for real. Well, that makes perfect sense. Oh, sure. (laughs) You know, after driving Forza for a while, there's nothing more that I'd like than a, you know, a Quattroporta. But... (laughs) Yeah, but, you know, it doesn't happen. No. No, that, I mean, that's a good point, so... Yeah, it's kind of. I mean, it's kind of uh, unnerving because I mean, I, I can I can understand apparel, you know, getting getting a pair of military boots or or gloves that are waterproof and and you know keep your hands not frozen. Disclaimer here: Schmitty owns a whole lot of Halo clothing. <laughs> no, I don't. Yes, you do. Just like one T-shirt. I think my kids own more Halo clothing than I do. There we go. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Tip number one, do not drink Mountain Dew. (laughs) (laughs) But so it's like, okay, so apparel is one thing, but it it does feel kind of, hey, did you really like shooting those bad guys with this particular thing? Guess what? Now you can own that gun for real. Yeah. Would you like a Type 95 with a hammer scope? Mm. Yeah, I'm looking for a BFG. <laughs> so want a plasma rifle? I would so pay for a BFG in my collection. Heck, I'd go with the LOL from Tron 2.0. <laughs> that would be awesome. We can get Adam Savage to make us one. Okay, well, that, that is an interesting moral dilemma. There, it's like, okay, but you're advertising real weapons out of game. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Um, it's good. It's clever marketing. Huh? Got to give him that. Got to give him that. Yeah. How, okay. Real fast before we move on to the next headline, who wants to make a bet how long it takes before some conservative nut job tries to associate that to violence and gaming? It's the the op ed's probably already in the works. <laughs> I, I guarantee it. Okay. So Schmidt thinks it it's already be some conservative nut job. Why can't it just be some nut job? Because I'm not saying that the the, the conservatives necessarily endorse this nut jobs. But all the nut jobs that try and link video games to actual violence and apparel, evidently, also they tend to identify themselves as conservative. Yeah, but they're generally just dummies. Okay, <laughs> some nut job dummies. How long do you think it'll take? Schmidt says it's already happening, guys. We'll see it before yeah, the end I, of the year. Yeah, it's it it'll happen before the end of the year. Okay. So, yeah, it'll it'll happen. It's I I have no doubt about it because that's what they do. All right, okay. Into uh, news on how not to do things on the internet. Remember a couple weeks ago when we uh, brought that story to light about uh, the GOP office who was trying to get people to print off their uh, their petitions. Yeah, didn't end well. It didn't it didn't end well. Uh, it got trolled. Well, 
Mountain Dew, owned by PepsiCo, you'd think who know a little bit more about the internet, got trolled as well. They opened up a poll on called Dub the Dew, where you could name the next Mountain Dew flavor. They just left it wide open. Oh my goodness, are these real? Those are real. <laughs> Those are real. We can't <laughs> read them all. Some of them are not really friendly. <laughs> but number one was Hitler did nothing wrong. <laughs> Which is funny. It's not funny because Hitler did a lot of things wrong. But but it's you know, funny in the context it, of naming your Mountain Dew that. It, that it's amazing. Yeah, is it, now is it 4chan that got hold of this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You probably. don't know who it was, but yeah, it's most likely either 4chan or some other hacktivist group. Yeah. Nine yeah. gags. That's, that's uh, just too much awesome. There's so many in there I, I want to actually... Uh, number five <laughs> is completely wrong. Uh, number four isn't so right either. And randomly, Tempest is in there. Tempest. <laughs> But further down the line is diabetes. Diabetes. <laughs> this is what you're drinking. <laughs> yeah. Good job there, dude. You drink one more Mountain Dew, doctor's going to take your foot. <laughs> foot killer dew. <laughs> that almost sounds like a show title. Oh. Okay. Um, there is no good segue into this next one. How do we segue into this next one? <laughs> This Bangers. is where we sausage. <laughs> I really need to work on that cricket sound drop. Okay, so quantum entanglement. Yeah! Yeah. Okay, so quantum entanglement is the idea that, uh, and I'm probably going to slaughter this. I know we have uh, an economy expert who listens. If we have any quantum physicists who uh, listen, <laughs> that's feedback at stolendroids.com. But... From our understanding of it, quantum entanglement is where you take two quantum particles, place them next to each other for a long enough time that their states begin to mirror each other. You do that, and then you separate them, and it doesn't matter how far you separate them, their states will still mirror each other. So if you flip one, the other one, no matter where it is, will flip at the same time. Wow. Yeah. Now, about a month and a half, two months ago, I was talking with Schmitty. We're just kind of spitballing online, and I said, hey, wouldn't that be awesome? If someone can market that, can actually make it work, market it, and we have quantum entanglement network interface cards, like for your computer. It would be awesome. It would be instantaneous. Wouldn't take 14 minutes for our signal to get to the Mars rover. Yeah. It'd be instantaneous. Well, evidently someone was a little bit ahead of me because scientists have already done it now. Over a, uh, a chain of islands they've been working on this, they had two quantum entanglement pairs, or sorry, one pair, 90 miles apart. And using that, they were able to teleport. And I, I don't quite understand why they're saying teleport and not transmit, but they're calling it teleporting. They were able to teleport information across 90 miles of islands instantaneously. So if they could get a good range on this you've got one up in the satellite one down on the planet I wonder if they could even do multiple so you'd have like one I, I don't know well neither do I yeah. but satellite nothing the idea is that it could go any distance yeah distance is not a factor on now and, and they, they mentioned the, the security factor because once you and, and here's here's one of the inherent problems of actually getting this to work 
is that once you observe one of these quarks, one of these subatomic particles, the state changes. So the state that it was before you started to observe it is no longer the state that it's in when you observe it. So once they get that figured out, that just means that another Which you know will party, happen. They will yeah. figure it out. Once once a third party tries to intercept the, the message, say we, we've got a spy satellite or something sending messages back with quantum entanglement, if another third party tries to intercept that message and see what it was saying, they'll get nothing but garbage because when they're looking at it, the states change and it's not what the original message was. So, it, for a, on a security standpoint, this is it'll be phenomenal if we can figure out how to read it ourselves. Security <laughs> and nothing. Can you imagine being able to have 10 gigabit internet to your house with zero latency? <sighs> yeah. Because the information didn't get transmitted to your home. It was teleported there. Yeah. Now, yeah. now this isn't one of our headlines here, but I wanted to bring it up real fast. Um, you mentioned the, Mar- the Curiosity rover, the one that landed on Mars. We talked about it last week. It was everyone's favorite. I want to say last night, NASA finished upgrading its brains. Mm-hmm. Now, the computer that's on board Curiosity is less powerful than an iPhone, but its durability rated, you know, beyond anything you can imagine for obvious reasons. I mean, it did just get dropped onto a planet, but it could—it was only big enough to hold the program for landing and descent. Well, in in fairness, Zook, I've dropped my phone onto a planet multiple times, and it's <laughs> yeah. So, just, so on just its, saying, on its way to Mars, they started overriding the the launching the launch uh, the code that it needed to launch and to and to get its way to Mars. They started overriding that. And then when it started its descent, they started overriding that code because they started not to need it anymore. Right, I mean, it's sitting on the surface of the planet. It doesn't (laughs) need to know how to land on the planet. It's there. And so, and I kid you not, NASA did an over-the-air update (laughs) to completely (laughs) rewrite the operating system of this rover so it's now in planetary exploration mode. I really hope they have unlimited data. Did they send a a user... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it, 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 I, I want to say um, uh, Gizmodo put it best if this were a phone Curiosity would be sh- right now rebooting to a shiny new NASA logo <laughs> it took Apple years to figure this out NASA can do it across planets <laughs> that's awesome so tell me again why their budget's getting slashed I mean how dang good question especially with all the stuff we get back from it too because we're uh, idiots I yeah, won't, I'll, I won't I'll, get I'll into that. That'll that'll become a messy conversation. Um, but speaking of Apple, you know all these uh, legal issues Samsung keeps having with Apple, where hey, you stole our design, you stole our design, we didn't steal your design. Well, documents have come to light that Apple knew Samsung was stealing their designs, knew it far in advance. Said, hey, look, we know you're working on this stuff. We know you're working on stuff that's going to mirror our stuff. We don't think it'd be a very good idea for you to do it without clearing it with us. So, here is a contract that, if you would like, you can sign and enter into this agreement with us 
where it's okay to use our designs and in return you will pay us a small fee for every device. <laughs> Makes Sam sense. Samsung said no. Yeah. Uh, I'd like to know who the idiot was that lost their job over that one. Oh, they're probably still there. That's true. Interestingly, have you ever noticed how the Microsoft Surface, which is coming out, and the Windows Phone 8 and 7 devices, and 7.5 devices, haven't been facing this kind of backlash? It's because Microsoft did enter into the agreement with Apple. So they will not have that issue. It doesn't Ooh. matter that the Microsoft Surface looks like an iPad. Or maybe it doesn't, but the argument could be made that it does. It's because Microsoft said, well, yeah, it's going to look that way. All tablets are going to look that way. Yeah, we'll, <laughs> we'll enter into the agreement with you. Well, when does it, wouldn't that become an industry standard then? Not after only a couple of years. I mean... It kind of is an industry standard. I mean, as far as like design and functionality goes, a tablet's going to be a tablet, <laughs> whether it's Apple or Microsoft. So you say that, but do you remember the Microsoft tablets before the iPad? No, the, the no slate one does. PCs. No one remembers those. They looked very different. They had a well, that, very that's, different that's, function. They had a very different layout. The buttons on it, the stylus on it. The technology was different. I get that. We were still thinking PC. Now we're actually thinking tablet. Right. Different OS, different everything. But that's a trademark of Apple. Yeah, and it shouldn't be. But yeah. That, well, and eventually it will pass into the common usage, you know. Yeah. But you, I want you guys to remember how long it took the auto industry to agree on a standard car design. Now, when you say standard car design, you mean like four, four wheels. wheels and a steering wheel? or Yeah, I'm not kidding. Do you know how many okay. early cars were two wheels and one rear wheel for steering? They used mm. it like a tiller, like a boat. Some of those still exist. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and they roll really quick, as Top Gear has proven. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I mean, it, it will eventually happen that all these designs will get thrown out the window because this is the only tablet design, but we're not there yet. The tablet industry is still only booming in like its third year, so. Sweet. Okay. Into our last <laughs> Moving headline. Moving on. Moving on. Um, can't use, can't afford a uh, tourism ad? Use Google Street View. The mayor of New Orleans was proud to announce that the Google Street View cars have once again come through New Orleans. This sounds really weird until you realize that the last time the Street View cars came through, oh, yeah. they were still cleaning up from Hurricane Katrina. And oh, Street that's right. And unbelievably depressing. Yeah. Everything was destroyed. It looked like a third world country. Now, it's taken New Orleans a long time to rebuild, and kudos to them for doing it with so little help from the rest of the country because, frankly, the American public kind of forgot about them. But, so, yeah, he's quick to point out now, hey, everyone, hop online, hop onto Google Street View. You can once again tour our city, and it looks like our city. And it kind of got me thinking, it's like, that's kind of an interesting tourism idea. It's like, you want to visit our city? Look, you can already do it online. But wouldn't you want to actually come here, too? Wow. 
Well, that's one that's one cool thing about about Google is they've really started implementing like a lot of this. You can look inside venues with Google Maps and whatnot. You know. Yeah, they just had one about NASA and, through, the, through the NASA walkthroughs. Yeah, they actually, they actually have it now. We, we talked about it in museums. We talked about the White House. They actually just did it in the Queen Mary. Oh, cool! That is cool. Yeah. I don't know yeah. how they fit the car, but. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Queen Mary is a big boat. <laughs> well, you know, it, it's a proud boat that Tina Turner sang about. So. I know what. <laughs> Cindy Lauper. I don't C- know. CCR. I, I no. Music Factory. That's Proud yeah. Mary, not Queen Mary. <laughs> CCR Music Factory. There's a mashup I never want to hear. <laughs> Everybody dance now down the road. <laughs> okay. And let us pray we never he- have to hear that. <laughs> With that horrible taste in our mouth, we're going to go to a commercial break. We'll see you on the flip side. In today's world, it can be hard to find time to spend with a good book. That's where the guys at Open Book Audio can help. Open Book Audio offers a large selection of pre-recorded audiobooks for you to enjoy while driving to work, working out, or any other time you feel like enjoying a good story. Open Book Audio not only has pre-recorded audiobooks, but can also help you record your self-published book as well, giving authors another way to distribute their stories. Their fast professional service combined with affordable pricing ensure your book is made with the highest quality. So no matter if you're an author or a reader, Open Book Audio has what you need. You can visit them on the web at openbookaudio.com. That's openbookaudio.com. Open Book Audio. Your story out loud. Okay, we are back and right into our um, our moderately paced lanes. <laughs> All right, <laughs> CERN scientists have potentially generated the hottest ever man-made temperature, 5.5 trillion degrees. They don't say that's in Fahrenheit, Celsius, or Kelvin, but it really doesn't matter because the same results can come from microwaving a hot pocket for more than three minutes and applying it directly to the roof of your mouth. Ow! Air Force's latest tech of Mach 5 missile failed when the control fins, which were never meant to go Mach 5, ripped off. The Air Force announced that this was the fastest speed they'd ever seen a catastrophic failure happen, and it was totally what they intended all along. (laughs) And the Google Play Store now has gift cards you can give people in $10 and $25 amounts. You can give these to your friends who can't manage to type the word torrent into Google itself. See, once again, it's one of those things. What they're providing versus what you can search. Know anyone who was a Demonoid user? There you go. (laughs) Wouldn't you like a Google Play gift card? Shut up. (laughs) No, really. (laughs) Okay, now, in a special this week, and for lack of preparation on our part, Stark is going to now regale us with tales of the city of sin and his recent experience out there yes the reason why i was not on the show last week is because at the time that these fine gentlemen were recording i was in a car heading south to las vegas for the world's largest star trek convention uh this was my second year going and i think i had a better time this year 
Uh, one of the biggest reasons is because I had a chance to go to a lot of the after parties, after hour stuff that was going on. Um, lots of times, a lot of people want to go do the touristy thing after hours, which is fine if you haven't been to Vegas in a while. But there's still a lot to do at the at the con after six o'clock, and that that really put a uh, gave me a lot more positive spin on them this year. And because you left the wife at home, right? Actually, she had, yeah, and she she has said that uh, you know she's like I've once I've had a chance to 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 enjoy it. She's like it, she she likes Starfest better, and you know what? I think Starfest in Denver every April is is a better convention because of it's, it's a more variety, and plus it's in three hotels. Um, but this is still Vegas, and this is still the world's largest Star Trek convention. And so me and three other friends of mine went down, and what's funny is that one of the wives commented when we got back she says you know what this is like that guys on a motorcycle movie wild hogs <laughs> and it's like wild trekkies i guess you could have that <laughs> wild red <Wow>. shirts <laughs> <laughs> which one well, will not come back <laughs> what's interesting is that we were all doing the don't look over there at that girl not very very much joke the entire weekend, or another common phrase going on the entire weekend was the line from Toy Story 2 of I'm a married spud, I'm a married spud, I'm a married (laughs) spud. Now, I gotta ask you, Stark, so, you were you were among um, fellow nerds. Yes. And did you happen to, like, pull the do you know who I am card at all on anyone? Oh, actually, I didn't have to. There were people who were rec- recognizing me right away. Um, basically, people who were like, hey, you know, I know who you are from other conventions, other events. Larry Nemechek instantly recognized who I was. Oh, hey, how's it good? I'm glad to see you again. Uh, Riza from Trek Radio, when I came to the Trek booth, Trek Radio okay. booth, instantly jumped up and ran over and gave me a hug. Um, I was able to get on the air down there uh, a little bit on Friday. Um, well, the, there was there was a couple in Canada who was doing the live DJing at the time, and I was able to hop on and do a bunch of uh, talking before they had the next round of interviews come through. They they had a ton of people they were interviewing there, a ton of stuff for Star Trek Online. Now, you know, now I have to ask: Does Riza give good hugs? Because she sounds like she gives good hugs. <laughs> How do I say this? Riza slap me next time she sees me. Yes, she does give. I liked the hug from Riza. Let's put it that way. Uh, and, and I feel comfortable getting the hug from Riza because I know that my wife won't slap me when she sees me get the hug from Riza either. So, yes, Riza jumps up and she, like a friend, she'll give you she'll give you a good hug. Hopefully that didn't come out wrong. Sorry, Riza. <laughs> Actually, there were a lot of things that seemed to come out wrong. Oh, wait, I, what? There what? Were, I think it was just Vegas. I think... Okay, so I, I go to Larry Nemechek's room party on Friday night, and I am in bed with another woman, which basically sounds dirtier than what it really is, because it was an actual room party where you were in somebody's sleeping room, and you all you basically had everything crowded on there while you were watching some of the rare videos that Larry had going on. If you ever get a chance to go to his uh, Con of Wrath room parties, you, you donate 20 bucks, you're going to get your name on the credits for the Con of Wrath documentary, but he's also going to entertain you by showing a ton of rare videos, some of them that you probably will never see anywhere else. Now, a uh, reminder, uh, Larry Nemechek was our very first guest on Soul and Droids Presents. He talked about Con of Wrath, the documentary he's making about the, uh, the Star Trek experience 
which you can still go to. He's still taking donations for. So that's that's really cool. You were able to to contribute to that and see him. Yeah, and 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 uh, he had a few items that he was selling in, in as well. But uh, uh, everybody, at least here in Utah, next year may actually have an opportunity to go to one of these room parties. Hint, hint um, of stuff to come, and. Uh, uh, there, there's, there's some stuff that coming through the pipeline. Well, when we, when I was leaving Larry Nemechek's party, uh, the, the tower in the Rio is 52, 55 some odd stories tall. And when we were going down on the elevator, we stopped on a certain floor, and the elevator opened up, and me and the, a couple of the guys were in there. Some gal goes, "Oh, are you guys going up?" And we went, "No, we're going down. We're going sideways. We're going this way. We're making jokes about how we're going." The elevator went down a couple more floors. And then it stopped and opened up, and in walked... I'm not going to say your name out of respect for the actress, but it was one of the guests at the con. Dressed to the nines. Knockout, drop-dead gorgeous. She walks into the elevator, and of course, the other guys do not recognize who she is. And they're still making the jokes of, oh, we're going sideways, we're going this way. She just happened to look over her shoulder, and then this purr in her voice just went, no, you're going down. <laughs> Weak knees. I'm a married spud. <laughs> okay, so we have determined so far. Got great hugs. Yes. In bed with other women. Yes. <laughs> Larry Nemechek. Throws great parties. Throws, throws awesome parties. In which Stark ends up in bed with other women. <laughs> and it gets attractive actress purred at him. <laughs> and everything came out wrong. Yes. Now, if you want to hear something that's really interesting, I got to watch a meltdown of an actor, but I got a compliment from the same actor. So, it was it related to the meltdown? Yes, oh. it was. I am. I'm a. I, I'm a big autograph collector. I, I. I remember the days when you went to the con, you got an autograph for the the, the cost of the ticket to get into the autograph. Nowadays, a lot of the actors, they don't go to these cons anymore, except for maybe these big ones. Las Vegas, London, uh, Germany, a few of these other things. So when you go there and they're there, grab their autograph as much as you can if you can afford it. Scott Bakula sold probably a good 600, 700 autographs that night. Um, Avery Brooks was signing. Shatner was signing. I mean, they even had the Borg Queen, Susanna Thompson. She was signing. Um, they had a whole bunch of people there who were signing that whole week, and I got some good free autographs. But I needed to complete my Deep Space Nine set. I had been working on this photo since 90, 95, when the first season started. I was able to get... Um, uh, Sarah Cloftons. I was able to get Culminis, even though I'd already had his from once before. And then the very last one was Avery Books. Now, when you buy an autograph ticket at the con, you are guaranteed an autograph. And I've actually heard, there was another story I was reading today where somebody actually got up and left their table, and the con company actually had to send the stuff up to the guy's room to have them sign and bring back down. Just to say, here's your guaranteed autograph. Because once you pay, you it was fifty bucks for freaking Avery Brooks' autograph. You know, and, and and so these things are getting expensive to go ahead and do. I mean, Shatner's was ninety, and the like. So so, it, but some of these people they don't sign very much anymore. They don't do anymore. They said if you want Avery Brooks' autograph, you have to be in this room by four thirty. I was in that line, long story short, I was in that line for three hours to wow. get 
Brooks's autograph. The guys are waiting for me because it's Sunday night. We're supposed to be on the ride going home. We're supposed to be heading home. I am finally getting up. I am eight people away from Avery Brooks. And all of a sudden, he just says, I have got to go. Stands up and walks out of the room that we're in. And we're all sitting here going, what the freak? Okay, what's going on here? What's happening? You know, I'm, I'm gearing myself mentally for the fight. It's going to come when they say, we can't get his autograph for you. He finally comes back in. He finally sits down. He, he, you can tell he's frustrated. He's been there for a long time. He's really mad about something. It finally dawned on me what he was mad about when the guy in front of me pulls out six pictures for him to sign. Every time he signed one of them, he got louder and louder at the yelling at the guy who was in front of me, talking about how this guy was basically a money-sucking just, just he was he was money grubbing. He he was he wasn't a fan. He was only in it for the money. He was obviously going to sell these autographs. He was basically doing this for his own to line his own pocket. And he was not a fan. And Avery Brooks, he, when you listen to his interviews, it sounds like he does. He's kind of stoned and out there. But believe me, there's a sharp mind behind that. He is really knowing what he's talking about. And he's sitting there, and he is quite literally ripping in on the guy. Because the guy had a whole setup, a metal box and everything to keep these pictures all nice and safe and everything. And he's just ripping in on the guy. And my picture gets put in front of him, and Avery Brooks points right at me, and he says, but not you. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, okay, now what the heck's going on? (laughs) He goes, you are a fan. You are the reason I'm doing this. He is basically causing me not to want to do autographs anymore. You are the true fan who is really doing this. And give me your hand. I'm shaking it. And, and, the, and the, the guy, 100% class. I mean, I've got other stories I can tell you tell you about some of the other really cool things Avery Brooks has said while he's on stage. We don't have time for it, unfortunately. But let me tell you this much. This weekend, my appreciation... Uh, and, and admiration for Avery Brooks basically tripled. And if you do get a chance to get an autograph, one, don't exploit it. Do it as a fan. But you know what? You might want to go ahead and get it because he might not be doing it too much longer. Ugh. Well, you know, there are those fans that, uh, or, or non-fans, that do kind of ruin it for the rest of us. But I'm glad he had quite an experience there. And he seems like he seems like quite a cool guy. Especially a- when he's screwing with Shatner and singing jazz during an interview. <laughs> <laughs> well, I had a guy who was trying to say, this is how you make your convention money, is you come here and you buy all these autographs, and you get autographs for all your friends, and I'm like, I want to come here to have fun, but I have a good pattern now to how to go to how to go to Vegas and make it a cheap con, despite the fact that it is still kind of expensive and more expensive than Starfest, so I am hoping to go again, go again next year, I'm hoping to help with the Trek Radio station next year, those guys were really great to me down there as well, shout out to those guys. I want to go next year too, I need a rise a hug. Yes, you do. <laughs> wow. All right. Well, into our well, favorites. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we'll just leave it at that. Favorites. Just, favorites. <laughs> okay. Um, this one was kind of unexpected. It's a video, but not for the reasons you think it is. There's a new Black & Decker screwdriver that's being made that's actually awesome. coming out that actually it's a power screwdriver that will go back and forth as a variable speed based upon the position of your wrist 
uh, and the video for it that explains it is in true Japanese advertisement fashion, with the bad English and the really awesome music, and you'd swear they were advertising battling seizure robots or something. They keep mentioning Jairo Sensa. Um, <laughs> I'm allowed to say that because I'm Japanese. Haruken. <laughs> which is why this is just so flippin' funny. And in, during the entire time, he went, you know what, but that really is actually quite handy. I would get that. And then he starts screaming gyrosensa at you again, and you just start laughing. <laughs> so you do need to check it out. Okay, my it is funny, by the way. And my favorite this week, uh, Lego is turning 80, and they have made this nice little informative film uh, about 18 minutes long. I know Schmitty knows the exact time. Uh, but it's 18 minutes long. Okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> Rounding up like a cowboy, I see. <laughs> exactly. And um, it, it's actually very cool. It's, it's kind of in Pixar animation style. And it tells the history of how Lego got founded and uh, kind of how they got to be the awesome company that they are today. Uh, it, from the ground up? Ha <laughs> ha. You know, actually, they started off making wooden toys, and if you would watch the video, you would know that, Stark. So maybe you should stop with your Vegas stuffs. And Educate yourself. <laughs> your hugs and your. Never mind. <laughs> your hugs and you're in bed with other women and. <laughs> the debauchery con. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's a cool video. Check it out. Um, my favorite, uh, again with the uh, Mars Curiosity rover. Uh, you'll, you'll probably find out within the next couple of weeks how much I love the Curiosity rover. But uh, this, someone compiled um, the panorama view from Curiosity rover into uh, a 360 degree view that you can pan around and zoom in. Um, and it, it it's it's awesome. You can zoom into itty bitty rocks. You can zoom, look at all the instruments on the rover. Um, you can see you can see the edge of the Gale Crater uh, all the way around it. It's so it's pretty cool to check it out. Pretend you're on uh, Mars. I know I do. Only <laughs> <So laughs> <laughs> on Mars. No, so check it out. It's pretty cool. All right. All right, so my favorite is probably going to be eventually sung by the Curiosity rover, but uh, until that time, it's actually going to be sung by the movies. It is the Baby's Baby Got Back uh, uh, music song, uh, uh, song that's actually been spliced together using film clips and audio from like almost a hundred different movies. Actually, and I think it's over two hundred. Yeah, and and uh, some of them quite old as well, but it very well done, very well put together. And uh, I had to like the guy's first comment on there that he says, "No, I do have a real job. I just do this video hobby around the job stuff." So. Awesome! I love that song. Okay, well that is our show this week. Again, we want to hear from you guys. Feedback at StolenDroids.com. Uh, find us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. Um, until next week. Cheers. End of line. One to beam up. Good day.